Mark chapter 10, starting verse 35, beginning a new sermon series this morning entitled Hero Maker. Hero Maker. Uh, welcome all of you in cafe. We have a, a big number of folks from our church uh, who just left yesterday to tour the Holy Land, about 38 folks uh, from Woodburn there for about two weeks. So uh, those of you who are listening, God bless you all. You're about eight hours ahead of us, I think, something like that. So uh, you're probably pretty jet lagged today. Uh, but uh, God bless all of you. Have a safe trip and a good, a good time there. Uh, honestly, all through the, uh, through the year, uh, I've had one preaching theme, and that's been give yourself away. Uh, give yourself away is, is sort of the theme for the whole year. Uh, let me talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, for, uh, for some time, and, uh, and again, I, I, lo- I love you all. I love our church. Uh, as a pastor, as a minister, I feel like ministry only ever happens when needs are met. So when I'm planning out my preaching plan, I'm constantly asking, you know, what does the Lord, what would the Lord have me preach, and what is it that the people need? What is it that, that you all need more than anything else? And I always want to preach, you know, right down, down that row. Um, as a staff, for some time, we've been, uh, for some time, meaning probably the last 18 months, two years or so, uh, just feeling like as, as a whole, as a church, uh, our church members were becoming slower and slower to volunteer. Uh, a little bit slower to serve. And, and this is a church that, you know, part of our mission statement is that we do everyday acts of service, and that's always been true of us. But honestly, less true in the last few years than it was in, in previous years. Um, and, and again, I, I love you all. I, I don't mean to be harsh or, or, or critical. I just wanted to say as a group, it seems like um, many of us have just become a little more self-absorbed, a, a little more willing to let somebody else step up and serve, let somebody else do the hard work, uh, a, a little more willing to, uh, to, to sit back and, and let somebody else serve. And so for that reason, uh, just realizing that that, that servant's heart, um, that's a part of discipleship. That, that's a part of sanctification. That is a part of all of us becoming more and more like Jesus. So for that reason, I just want to preach this theme over and over and over as a means of strengthening us in this particular part of discipleship in which perhaps we've become a, a little more lax. Does that make sense? Uh, so I started out with, with the sermon series on Solomon, where Solomon's entire uh, life was laid out before him as, as God gave him anything he asked for and everything else. He just received everything. But Solomon's flaw was that he chose to use it all for himself. He no longer had the heart to serve, and, and, and that is where he came apart. I preached this sermon series was just coming out of called Altars, where we talked about what it means to live as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, giving your whole self to the Lord. And so now we're going to turn a corner, do the same sort of thing with a sermon series called A Hero Maker, and we're going to start in Mark chapter 10. There was a mom. She had two boys, uh, Kevin and Ryan. I think Kevin was five, Ryan was three, something like that. She was making pancakes for breakfast, and the boys began to fight over who would get the first pancake. And so the mom decided to make this a teaching moment. So she said, boy, stop. She said, now listen to me. If Jesus were at this table, I know that Jesus would say, let my brother have the first pancake. So Kevin, the oldest brother, said, mom, that is true. That is really, really good. Ryan, you be Jesus. (laughs) You get that? You understand that? Yeah. You be Jesus. Yeah, that is great. You be Jesus. Yeah. Uh, we all have this basic human instinct we want to be first. Our favorite photograph is now the selfie. 
Yeah, the selfie. We take pictures of ourselves. Uh, we, we, we enjoy that. If, if I took a large picture of the whole church and gave you a copy of it, the first person you would look for anyway would be yourself. Uh, we're just naturally self-centered. It's really, really hard to pull us away from that. We like to be seen. We like to be recognized. We like to be appreciated. We like to be rewarded. We like to be uh, the bride at every wedding, the corpse at every funeral. Uh, we like to be the center of attention. Uh, it, it's just us. We like to be uh, Miss America or Miss Universe. Nobody ever wants to be Miss Third Runner Up. You know, we all want to be Hootie. Nobody wants to be a blowfish. <laughs> you, you understand? Um, we all want to be the hero. We want to be the hero. We want to be the important one. We want to be the one standing in the spotlight. We want to be the one standing on the stage. We just like to be important. But what if there's a better way? What if, as it turns out, the way you've always thought and the way you've always lived your life was wrong? What if the true secret of living was the opposite of everything you've always thought? What if the aim in life is not to be the hero? What if the aim in life is to be the hero maker? And with that, I'll turn you to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. I've actually read this passage with you lately. I want to do it again today. These are Jesus' words. In, in a lot of ways, we're just like the disciples were back in those days. We uh, have a really hard time getting over and past ourselves, and Jesus always keeps reminding us that uh, we must. Uh, this is a great passage. James and John come to Jesus asking for a request, and, and this is where it goes. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to Jesus, saying, Teacher, we want you to do us a favor. And what they literally say is, we want you to do anything we ask. Right. What's your request, Jesus responded. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one in your right and the other on your left. Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh yes, they replied, we're able. Jesus told them, you you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he's chosen. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they lost their minds. That's not what it says, but they did. They were indignant. So Jesus called them all together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them, but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's start back at verse 43, because I'm afraid you haven't heard this yet. Among you, it will be different. Among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be, say the word, servant. 
And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man, Jesus himself, came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served. Wow, we love to be served. We, we love to be served. So back up with me, James and John. Anybody ever, I, I see it happen in our church parking lot uh, lots of times. We have a family with kids, and the kids are all getting back to the car after church. And some kid in the back will usually scream, shotgun! What's that mean? What does it mean to call shotgun when everyone's approaching the vehicle? Yeah, front seat, front seat. I get the front seat, yeah. Usually that's announced when you're in the back and you're never going to get there first, so you just call it ahead of time. You know, and, and, and it's brilliant. It's br- whoever invented shotgun was a master because that's brilliant. I mean, how else can the slowest, you know, the person least likely to get there, but you can call it. And my sister was good at this shotgun, you know, so all of a sudden they get the best seat, you know, because shotgun rules. If you call shotgun, it's yours. I mean, we love that. It's kind of like, I don't, maybe in other parts of the country, maybe Portland, you know, they, they call dibs. Like, I got dibs. What's dibs? It's the same thing. Shotgun is kind of limited, though, to the front seat of the car. Dibs is magic you can use anywhere. Yeah. I got dibs on the last piece of pizza. Yeah. Some of you got dibs on the end of the pew, that seat right there you're in. You got dibs on it. You know? I mean, like permanent dibs till Jesus comes at your seat. Yeah. Dibs. Yeah. What are dibs? No idea what dibs are. But I like to call dibs, you know? Isn't that funny? So uh, honestly, uh, it's no more complicated than this. James and John call shotgun. They call shotgun. Now, they want the very best seats where? In heaven. Yeah, that is the ultimate shotgun, y'all. I mean, that is the ultimate. I mean, you were just thinking like the car on the way to lunch today, but James and John, man, they just, man, that's brilliant. Shotgun in heaven. I mean, shotgun in heaven. So Jesus, when you are in the driver's seat in heaven, we would like to be sitting you know, on, your, on both sides of you. We would like the very best seats in heaven. Yeah, shotgun. Yeah, that's brilliant. That, that's brilliant. Honestly, look back at the passage. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to do us a favor. The, literally Greek. I mean, what they say is what you imagine they say. They just say, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. Now, that's kind of the way you like to pray too, isn't it? You know, Jesus, I, I hope you got some time. I got a long list of stuff I want. So let's just put it up front here. I want you to do for me whatever I ask. Man, if Jesus would just work that way, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be a sweet life? If we just say, Jesus, you know, I'm going to ask you for some stuff. Just rubber stamp it. You know, just say right up front. You know, because they haven't said the request. They just said, we have a favor to ask. Say yes. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. So notice that they have this me first philosophy. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. Got it? Me first. Some things we want. We want you to just be ready to do whatever we want you to do. Isn't that amazing? Because notice... Jesus isn't going to have anything to do with this. 
I mean, this may be the way we pray, but it's not the way you should be praying. Even your prayer life is not supposed to be all about you. But we love, man, we can pray us some prayers about us. But no, Jesus will have nothing to do with this. Nothing to do with this. Even though it's basic human nature, I mean, Jesus will have nothing to do with this because honestly, this is not the way to live. This is not the way to pray. This is not the way to think. You are not to live your life with yourself first. It may come naturally. That doesn't make it smart. It doesn't make it best. It doesn't even make it advisable. If you live your life for yourself at the end, the only thing you will have is yourself, and that means you've got nothing. Nothing. So honestly, Jesus has a, a better way, an infinitely better way. Now notice what he says. Go all the way to the end, and then we'll back our way back into it. Verse 45 Even the Son of Man, Jesus is talking about himself here, even the Son of Man came not to be served. Now we know from Philippians chapter 2, for example, where it says that Jesus being in the very nature God, Jesus was God. Jesus, God in the flesh, came down. Jesus was God. He was equal with God. Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. He was God. But Jesus gave all of that up. This is the gospel. He gave all of that away for the sake of saving us. He gave it all away. He gave it up. That that ability to sit on the throne in heaven and, and be the master of the universe. He gave all of that up. He was born in the form of a human baby. The most helpless, the most defenseless creature on earth. Jesus gave it all up to become helpless, defenseless, vulnerable. The hands that, 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 that spun the galaxies into existence, those are the hands nailed to a cross. You understand? He gave up his authority. He gave up his power. He gave up all of his prerogatives in being God. He gave it all away for the sake of saving you. So that's why Jesus says, the Son of Man didn't come to be served. He was God in the flesh. He could have come down here and demanded that everybody crawl on their bellies and worship him. He never did that. People rejected him. People mocked him. People spat on him. You understand? And he allowed that. He never demanded anybody serve him. Not one time. Son of man came not to be served, but to serve others. And to give himself away is a ransom for many. So understand what the scripture says here. Jesus himself did not come to be served, but to serve. So understand, Jesus doesn't serve you so that you will learn to be served. So we get used to it. It's like when you were born, your mama did everything for you. You know, she put powder on your bottom and she burped you and she fed you. And you still kind of want everybody to do that for you. I mean, if we'd all just put a little powder in your bottom and burp you and feed you, you'd be really happy. But but that's not the way life works. That's not what you were created to be. You understand? So Jesus doesn't serve you so that you will learn to be served. So you get used to this. So that you think this is how the world works. Jesus is here to serve me. No, no, no. Jesus doesn't serve you so that you will learn to be served. He serves so that you will learn to serve. Set an example for you. You're supposed to want to be like Jesus, and Jesus came to serve others, so that means you serve others. You are here. Your purpose is to serve others. You understand? Your philosophy in life is others first. 
in everything, no exceptions, others first, others first. You're here to serve others. Now, I know, yes, you're here to serve Jesus, and it's Jesus first. But that doesn't cancel out what Jesus himself says. If you want to be a leader, you be the servant. If you want to be first, you be last. Others first. This is what Jesus says. This is just the way you and I are supposed to live our lives, our whole lives. We're not good at this. Let's be honest. We're not good at this. When we're like the two kids at the breakfast table, if somebody's got to be Jesus, you be Jesus. I want to be served. I want to be first. If somebody's got a dirty job to do, let somebody else go do the dirty job. I want to sit right here and be comfortable. I mean, you know, if somebody's got to keep the nursery in this church, let's let the mamas or the babies keep the nursery. It's our babies. They didn't want to keep them. They shouldn't have had them. That's how we think. Yeah, they should have thought about Sunday mornings when they was having all those babies. Yeah, yeah. But remember, Jesus said, you know, among you, it's going to be different. It's different. In other words, different from the way we'd be without Jesus, you know, different from the way we'd be if we weren't in Jesus' company. I mean, we're going to be like Jesus here. Jesus himself didn't come to be served. He came to serve and to give himself away as a ransom for Many. It's others first. Always others first. Talking to myself, I'm talking to you. We're all here to serve everybody else. Um, Take a look at this picture. Two characters uh, which have been around my whole life. This here is... Yeah, no, you said it wrong. Say, Batman. Yeah, Batman. Yeah, the Dark Knight. Batman. Who is this? Alfred, yeah, it's, it's Batman's butler, Alfred. Yeah, he's got a, what's his last name? Alfred Pennyworth? Penny, Ryle, Penny something? Penny, Alfred, now I'm stuck on that. Somebody Google that and let me know. I, I think it's Alfred Pennyworth, something like that. Anyway, Alfred is the, the, the butler. Now, in life, there are probably two kinds of people, a Batman and, and Alfred, and we all want to be Batman. I mean, who doesn't want to be Batman. Batman's awesome. His real name is actually Bruce Wayne. Yeah, so he's got kind of an alter ego, but still Bruce Wayne's awesome too. I mean, he's Batman, you know? So if, if there's trouble, if they shine the, you know, the, the, the bat you know, signal up in the sky, you know, he becomes Batman. He rushes down into the bat cave, and who meets him there? Alfred. What does Alfred do? Alfred does everything. Alfred helps him get into the bat cape. It's Alfred, you, you know, who's always you know, helping him get the, 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 the bat belt, you know, buckled up. It's Alfred who keeps, you know, the, the, the Batmobile all tuned up. It's Alfred. Alfred serves Batman. I mean, Alfred does everything for Batman. It's, it's actually pretty amazing. When Batman comes in all bloodied from the fight, it's Alfred who tends his wounds. Y'all look at him like, y- y- like y'all never seen Batman. I'm just suggesting to you that in life, even though you always thought you wanted to be Batman, I I know Jesus never said anything about Batman directly, but I think Jesus would say in your life, you want to be Alfred. You're supposed to be Alfred. He's the servant. 
Now, if Batman is the hero, then understand, Alfred is the hero maker. And Jesus says in life, that's what you're supposed to be. The wind beneath somebody else's wings. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? You're not the one who stands in the spotlight. You're the one who holds the light that somebody else gets to stand in. That's your job. You're not the one standing on the stage. You're the one that builds the platform that somebody else gets to stand on. You are not the hero. You are the hero maker. Incidentally, in the comic books, the villain never has an Alfred, right? Joker didn't have an Alfred. You understand? Riddler didn't have an Alfred. The the hero always has a hero maker. In life, you you want to be Alfred. That's not how you think. That's never been the way you think. I mean, Alfred doesn't have the glamorous job. Does that dude ever get out of the bat cave? Like he's hanging around, standing knee deep in, you know, like guano and and, and darkness. I mean, this is his job. He, He is just there to serve. And so are you. You don't want to be the hero. Jesus says it's going to be different with us. You be the hero maker. So basically, a couple of principles for, for your life. Um, help me out, Hannah, will you please can you change the slide for me? It's stuck. Um, you must give everything you have to help the ones behind and beside you to get ahead of you. I, I know nobody's ever told you that except Jesus, but give everything you have. I mean, literally everything. Because Jesus gave everything. So that means you, you, you don't like bracket anything off that's just for yourself. You know, you're like, I know how much you love me time. <laughs> you know, you, you, love, you love you some me. But this is what I'm telling you. you. You learn to give everything, literally everything you have to help the ones behind and beside you to get ahead of you. You, you want to see other people get ahead of you. I know, in the workplace, that's not how it works. You know, Pastor Tim, you've been in the church too long. That's not how it works where I work. I know how it works where you work, but remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, I "I know how the world works. I mean, Jesus reminded the disciples, we all know how the world works. We all know, verse 42, that rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them, but it's not going to be that way with you. So yeah, we all know how it is at school. We all know how it is that everybody wants to be at the front of the line. Everybody wants to be the line leader. I know, I understand. Jesus knows that. Everybody understands that that's how the world works. In, in, in the workplace, you want to get the promotion. You want to get ahead. You want to be in the, in the front office with the window. You want to be the one with your name on the sign. I mean, that's how the world works. We all know how the world works. The thing is, Jesus says, that's not how it's going to be with us. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about your name on the sign. It, it's not about you. You know that the rulers in the world lorded over their people and officials and flaunt their authority. Look at those words, lord and flaunt. Man, those are your love languages right there, are they not? Those are your spiritual gifts. You got the gift of flaunting, lording and flaunting. But Jesus says that's not how it's going to be with you. Whoever wants to be the leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave. 
You give everything you have to help the ones behind and beside you to get ahead of you. Is this making any sense? Are you buying any of it? Do you think like that? I mean, when you see somebody beside you, is it, is it your goal to help them get ahead of you? I mean, go, I mean, just to move up? Somebody behind you, is it in your nature to just sort of help them move up? Now, it's not that you're trying to demote yourself. I'm not saying that. I'm not sure that's not what Jesus says, though. I mean, if you want to be first, you need to be, then say second or third. He says, why don't you just go all the way to the back, all the way to the bottom, just... In other words, for Jesus, it's just, you don't even consider your place, your status, your number. You don't even consider that because it's not the point. And it's not just that this is a good way to live or a good idea. I mean, Jesus, this is, the, this is greatness. Radically redefining what you think of as what it means to be great. You're the servant. You're not Batman. You're Alfred. You understand? I'm not going to be able to change the slide. One more slide. Last thing here, Hannah, please. Uh, Invest your life in others. Uh, Invest your life in others so that they can be better, do more, and go further than you. I'm thinking about what Jesus said when he was talking to the disciples, and he said, you're going to do greater things than I've done. Remember when he said that? The Holy Spirit's going to come, and you're going to do greater things than I've done. That's Jesus' mentality. Wanted to invest himself. We would say, Pour his life into others. He's, Jesus' words, he says, I, I give myself away. I give myself away. And this is what you're called to do. Give yourself away to others. You just pour yourself into others. Whatever you have, it's a resource for others. For others. It's not for you. It's for others. You invest your life in others so that they can be better, do more, and go further than you. Man, y'all are looking at me... Because this is hard, isn't it? I mean, when you stop and think about this, this is hard. There's kind of two tendencies with this, though, and and this is what makes it hard. Um, Either we like to dominate others, we like to lord and flaunt, as Jesus says. We we, we like to be the one on top, and and we dominate others. Or some of us, uh, we just let ourselves be dominated. You know, one way or the other, it's the same sort of system that Jesus says, that's not how it works here. So, so some of you, you're not the ones, you're not, you're not trying to be Batman you know, necessarily, but, but you always feel like you've got no choice. You've got to be Alfred. You know, you've got to serve. You're always the one at the bottom. And, and that's not what Jesus is saying either. The thing about Jesus is that the decision he makes to give himself away for the sake of others, he makes that decision from a position of ultimate strength. He's God. And so he voluntarily gives himself away for the sake of others. So what I'm saying to you is if you're one of those people who's already the doormat and you're already at the bottom and you don't ever speak up for yourself because you don't think that you're worth speaking up for, I'm saying you need to hear this message too, but in the opposite way. You understand? Because you're not a doormat. And you're not created just to be walked on, and I mean, that's not what we're saying. This is a position, a decision made from a position of strength. You, you voluntarily give yourself away. It's not that you got no choice in the matter. You got a choice in the matter. You, you do. 
You make this decision from a perspective of knowing who you are in Christ and knowing your strengths and, and knowing your purpose and understanding whose you are and that God himself is going to take care of you so you don't have to scratch and scramble and work for yourself because you know that the Lord has your life in his hands. So it's a choice that you make. It's a deliberate choice that you make, but the problem is you're not making it. In every single moment, you've got choices to make. When there is a line forming and that part of you that wants to run and get in front of that line, you understand, you have to resist that tendency. Go to the back. Go to the back. In that situation when there's a dirty job to do and everybody's looking for volunteers and you stop making eye contact with people. You have to resist that temptation to make somebody else do the dirty work. Your servants. Jesus himself, the Son of Man, came not to be served, but to serve. That's your example. So when there's serving to be done, you step up. You don't wait for other people. It's always funny. As pastor, I just love it. You know, people will walk in on Sunday morning or walk out on Sunday and say, you know, somebody ought to, somebody ought to scrape that bird poop off the sidewalk. Somebody ought to, you know, and it's always so funny. Somebody ought to, somebody ought to, somebody ought to wash those gutters. Somebody ought to pull the weeds out of those flower beds. Somebody ought to keep the nursery. You know? Somebody ought to wash that van. Man, somebody, ought to, somebody ought to get out there and trim those weeds. Somebody ought to scrub the roof on the parsonage. Somebody ought to do something about the kids in Woodburn. Somebody ought to help the homeless. You know? Boy, somebody ought to, you know, somebody ought to. I got news for you. Somebody does not go to this church. All we got is you. I mean, you, you all we got, you know, in other words, stop looking for somebody to be the servant, somebody else to be the servant. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's you, it's me. You have to stop looking for somebody else to do the serving. So James and John go strutting up to Jesus, say, shotgun, Jesus, when you get to heaven, we want the very best seats. We want the best seats. Do that for us. Other disciples lose their minds. Why? Because they didn't think of that. They didn't know you could call dibs on the best seats in heaven. That's what makes them mad. Not that James and John are somehow contradicting the example of Jesus. They're just like, shoot, only two goods. There's only one right and one left. Now they got him. Jesus, you know, that's why they're mad. They're indignant. Because they think just like James and John think, only in this case, James and John got to the front and now to the back and they're mad as fire. And Jesus calls them all together. And Jesus says, you all know how the world works. But with us, it's going to be different. So you have a very different way of looking at the world, a very different way of looking at your life. You want to be the person who shines the light that somebody else gets to stand in. You want to be the person that uses everything you have in your disposal to see to it 
that somebody else moves up. The wind beneath somebody else's wings. You understand? In other words, in this life, Jesus does not call you to be the hero. You are the hero maker. Jesus says the Son of Man came into this world not to be served, but to serve and to give himself away as a ransom for many. Pray with me. Jesus, what you're asking of us is so opposite of everything we do, everything we think, Lord. Even when we pray, we pray for ourselves. It's all about ourselves. It's what we want. We're asking you to do for us what we want you to do for us. We are all about us. Lord, even in church, Lord, even at the church, it really becomes about ourselves. We we want to be served. We want other people to, to do everything they can to take care of us. Lord, we like to be pampered. We like to be coddled. We like to be recognized and appreciated and listened to and rewarded. Lord, even though you said that's not how it's supposed to be with us. Lord, if there are hearts to be changed, Lord, only you can change a human heart. If there are minds to be changed, Lord, you are the only one with the power to change a human mind, Lord. You and you alone have this power to transform us from thinking about ourselves first to thinking about others first. But Lord, it doesn't sound like this is an optional part of walking with you, Lord. It sounds like this is the fundamental part Following you, you, Lord Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve and to give yourself away. So, Lord, teach us, break us, make us humble, willing to give ourselves away, literally, everything, for the sake of somebody else. God, help us to think and live and be this way. It's not in us unless you are in us. We pray these things in the name of Jesus for the sake of others. Amen.